life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Two words for you, people Tito's, Tito's Tacos. Tito's? You're a Tito's fan? I'm not a Tito's. That's just what I hear. You, uh, Tito's a... is awful. Under the bridge? No, right it? over here by my place. Yeah, there's a bunch of them around, right? Uh, they're the main ones right here. Yeah. Our business. I always see a line at the door. Not that good. No? No. That's what people love, the Tito's tacos. I've never been. Um, Tito's like... tacos. Tito's tacos. I like Paco's tacos. <laughs> Paco's. <laughs> I try to find somebody with an American name. I want Rick to give me my tacos. Yeah. Rick's want, taco truck. I want John Smith's right. tacos. <laughs> yeah. Mike's chimichangas. Sign me up. Anyone who would own a car dealership and then at- attach that name. Yeah. <laughs> Holler Honda Taco Shack. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm using a new channel today because Channel Two has been giving me some problems. So. Channel three, uh, here we are. So if you guys have any massive difference, board. yeah, my massive mixing board. They used to. Uh, you used to work for Dre or something? Is that so where you got that from? Similar board. They did. Uh, Wish you were here. Pink yeah. Floyd did. Wish you were here <laughs> on a similar board. <laughs> exact board. Yeah, yeah. I got a good deal over at uh, Guitar Center. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in the Road Stories podcast, everybody. I'm your host Murray Valeriano, part of the All Things Comedy Network. Fuck yeah. Uh, did you, were you, uh, they just had the, uh, they started the All Things Comedy stand up show again. Were you at the store the other day when they did? I, yeah. I was, I'm sorry, I was at U2. I was not able to go. Oh, were uh, you? Yeah. What it's number was that for you to see U2? How many times was that? Yeah. Two. Oh, only your second. A third tonight. Where are they uh, playing tonight? Forum. Five nights at the Forum. Oh, I thought you went to the Roxy show. No, I couldn't get into the Roxy show. I was going to say, I'm like, you got some serious hookups if you're like three nights in a row at the Roxy. I'm like, let's well, hang yeah. out more. <laughs> <laughs> Best friends forever now. <laughs> no, nah, they did a, through K-Rock, the local radio station that's been playing them since 1980, and all my K-Rock hookups are no longer at K-Rock, like Chris Hardwick, right. you know, Cortland Cox, all those guys are long yeah. gone. Although I ran into a DJ named Cat Corbett at the Replacements oh, concert. Kat Corbett, you got no choice but to be a DJ with that Right? Name. Come on. She's <laughs> awesome, though, but I, I don't know her well enough to ask for tickets. Uh, anyway, so here we are. Uh, joining us today on a lovely Sunday, Saturday, right? Yes, yeah, Saturday, yeah, that's right. bro. Because it'll be my third show tonight at the Forum for you, too. Uh, joining us today... Uh, Riding the, the, the co-host seat today uh, that I have every once in a while, Ian Gutowski joins us back on the show. Sup, sup. What, what number good. month are we in for you in Los Angeles? 14 months 14 now. 14 months in. This is like a, it's a hyperdrive out here, man. Time yeah. moves at a different speed out here. Yeah. Where'd you, you move know? here from? Orlando. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Really so, well. better. It's yeah. definitely a huge upgrade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you cannot complain. <laughs> yeah. at all. I have to work myself to death of just to pay rent, but like it's yeah. so much better than having an easy life in Orlando, you know, where it's just like <laughs> and my bills paid. I can go to dinner every once in a while, but it's Orlando. Right. Here, I got to, like, you know. Yeah. You know what they don't have in Orlando? Tito's tacos. I Thank sure. God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need them there. I don't need them there. That that what is it? Es, Espaniba, best fish tacos that that place you're talking about. Oh, in Ensenada, best fish en- taco in Ensenada. Yeah. yeah, it's in right Ensenada? in the title. They sell That's three the things. Whole name. 
Best oh, best, fish that's taco the name of the place. In best Ensenada. Yeah. Okay. That's the same place. On and they just, Hillhurst. They have three things they sell, man. That's it. Yeah. They're just like fish taco, shrimp taco, taquitos. And they just, they don't even like, they just throw the meat on and they're like, here, all this stuff you need to fix it up is over there. There are more Brilliant. options for salsa than there are options for tacos. <laughs> Correct. Like we serve three yes, tacos, but here's 17 different salsas <laughs> that you can put on your. And then when you combine them, it's end the number's endless. Which is just a scam at the end of the day because I know they have. You, if you get three tacos, you're screwed because there's so many varieties of salsa. So yeah. what do you do? Do you go half and half? They're just going to bleed in together. You don't know what you're doing. That's there. true. Ah. See? It's all marketing. It is. I don't, I don't trust fun. those people. I'm pretty sure they're run by Uber. I <laughs> I hated Mexican food growing up in Jersey. Wow. Oh, because... Oh, but it's because it's New Jersey. Because it was yeah. paste picante sauce and, and yeah. tacos you ma- my mom made, you know, with my... Ha! My mom made. We were talking about my mom earlier. My mom made a taco salad, uh, meat, cheese blocks, Velveeta. Nice. Uh, instead of taco shells, Doritos, and oh, what was the dressing? Uh, Thousand Island dressing. Thousand Island dressing. Thousand so she Island did not believe in. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something a nineteen-year-old college would be like. Velveeta blocks, bro. Like, make the best. Some Doritos. <laughs> Obviously, not not concerned with preservatives or any oh, sort yeah. of chemical. That sounds delicious. <laughs> oh, and then, like one time, like ten years ago, I'm like, oh, that taco salad my mom used to make. She yeah. Send me the recipe, and I made it. And my, me and my girlfriend are like, yeah. <laughs> how did you eat this? Disgusting. Oh, it's that rough. Really it's, I don't know if you've uh, faced that rough time when when you're an adult and you realize how shitty of a cook your mom actually was. That's like, yeah, my my uh, my wife always says that. She goes, I just feel like I should say something to your mother. I'm like, don't. Like, my mom thinks she's a brilliant cook, and, <laughs> I think and she's awful. Do. Yeah. I think all moms do. Anyway, joining us. Uh, all right, this is, all right, I'm so excited. The other comedian joining us today. So many times I get complaints about people having to drive from the east side to uh, my yeah. house. They oh, got to drive here. The sun was in my eyes. Took us four hours. Traffic was terrible. Yeah, those Nick Youssef. Rode his fucking bike from the east side. What is that, about 20 miles? About that, yeah. Yeah. Or and he's got side? his bike hat on, too, so you know, like, it's legit. You yeah. know he oh. did bike it. Dude, he showed up like he just fucking got off the Tour de France. Oh, really? He was, like, <laughs> sponsored by Winston. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess maybe that's NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, that would be, yeah. There's no way cigarettes come yeah, be sponsoring a cycling event. <laughs> Although there is that famous Tour de France poster of, like, the three or four cyclists, like, next to each other smoking cigarettes oh. while riding. <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. It's a really great picture. It's back in the day, man. Like, yeah. athletics back in the day... I had a friend um, said he caught Al Iafredi, who was an old defenseman in the NHL. In between the periods, he worked at a radio station. He was having a smoke and a Labatt's Blue in between periods. <laughs> wow. Then there's that, that documentary called No No. Have you guys seen that? With that pitcher oh, that who, threw a no hitter on LSD. Yeah, what, what was it? Yeah, what was his name? I know nothing about Ellis. Don Ellis? Yeah, something like that. Doc Ellis. Insane. Doc Ellis, Doc yeah. Ellis. And it was insane because he was like, he, he took LSD on a plane ride to LA and he's like, I'm going to be fine by the time the plane lands. And then he meets his wife and his wife's like, so you're pitching today. He's like, no, I'm pitching tomorrow. <laughs> I know you're pitching today. Oh, and he was blitzed out of his mind. Also, and it was a sloppy. It was a sloppy no hitter, but he got it done on LSD. Here's one thing. Uh, one of the reasons I don't like baseball. Um, you can hit the ball and be caught out, and it's still a no hitter. So you want a no hitter to be nobody ever whiffs, touches dude. the ball. I want all. 
Then, All strikes. I hate to tell you, Murray, there would never be a no-hitter ever in the history of the game. Well, I didn't fucking name it. <laughs> you're being, so you're you trying to be... the ball, but as long as you don't get to a base, that will Apparently. still count. Ask him. Well, yeah. Well, now, there's a perfect game, which a perfect game, you can't walk anybody. Nobody can get on base. So a perfect game is different than a no-hitter. And perfect games don't happen that often. No hitters. There was a couple of seasons. I think a couple of seasons ago, there was a bunch of pitchers that had a, some no hitters, which are still very rare. But there is the perfect game. Wow. Is there ever a perfect game? Yeah, but like they still hit the ball and like pop out and catch the ball. But I'm just talking no. about people getting on base or walking. Like you walk somebody, there goes your perfect game. You still can do your no hitter. So what would it be called if like a no batter touch the ball period it was just strikes just the most perfect perfect the game i think they just throw like another perfect uh, ask and then throw Ellis. extreme in front of it perfect the extreme game. perfect game. the extreme the perfect game is yeah. extremely extremely perfect game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i'm uh, thanks for a coming over here i know we kind of put this together last minute nick yeah, uh, yeah. i ran up uh, all right first of all before we move on to the what this actually show is about um you're an avid biker right yeah, yeah. Totally. You did the. Oh, it's not the love ride. What was the ride from San Francisco to that here? AIDS life cycle? AIDS life cycle. Yeah, I did that in 2013. Tell us a little bit about that, real quick. That that's actually starting in a couple days. Are you gonna my, do it again? My buddy just left today. Oh. Flew up to oh, San okay. Francisco to do it. But so, no, no, I'm not doing it this year. Um, I did. Um, I did that two years ago when I sat there and caught myself saying to myself, "One day I'm gonna do something for charity," mm-hmm. and then just repeatedly not. Doing it <laughs> right. ever because sure. sure. I'm always because you can always tell yourself like yeah but I got to take care of this one thing first and then there's this and then there's that and then the, and then you just never get around to it so I'm like I don't want to become that dude that's like I'm gonna do something for charity and then never does it so I like cycling and I want to do something for charity mm-hmm. there happens to be a charity that... <laughs> like cycling and I like AIDS <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> love the hip yeah super into the hip. Um, and AIDS life cycle advances HIV like they spread it. No, uh, <laughs> so I'm like this is the uh, perfect oh, charity. Okay, that's uh, I didn't really interesting. Thinning yeah. the herd, I get it. I, I get really, it. I'm, I'm on board. Really you, you ride your bike through California, just take condoms away from people. No, uh, that's <laughs> just terrible. throwing dirty needles yeah. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like a you dartboard. Need, they're good. That guy looks um, like a dickhead. So <laughs> it's so terrible. <laughs> so I was like, uh, there's this charity ride, and I've I've I kind of looked into it before when I was like, I'm gonna do this, and then didn't, and then I'm like. Fuck it! I'm going to sign up, and I'm going to raise money, and I'm going to do this ride. I'm going to train, and they have training rides all over like LA for uh-huh. it. When you sign up, and so I got my shit together. I was like, I'm going to fundraise. I'm going to tweet out it uh, about it, like, and have just strangers and friends and family and every. I'm going to bug the fucking shit out of everybody for money. I donated, and I think I retweeted. Thank you. I, I know I at least retweeted. Right, uh, one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. Way, Either I mean, way, I was there. I was in your corner. Yeah, as long as there was support. And then I was I was doing all these training rides and like getting in shape. And then like a month before the ride, I was doing a seventy five mile training ride that started somewhere in like Griffith Park area. Mm-hmm. went all the way down to Palos Verdes, like way down South Bay. And we took a break at mile 35. We're having lunch. We're hanging out. And then we get back on the bikes to climb this hill all the way up Palos Verdes. And then my knee starts to hurt a little bit. I'm like, I've never felt a pain like that that just kind of shot out from the middle out. Uh-huh. Dull lake. Every time I press down, I'm like, well, this isn't good. It was AIDS. Yeah, I had knee AIDS. <laughs> knee AIDS. I've heard uh, of that on cyclists. It's true. It's a real yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm like, I'm aching my way to the top of the hill. I'm like, maybe if I, if I stretch or something, it'll feel better. 
and it didn't. And then I had, at the time, my girlfriend, I was like, I call her and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, and I'm just hanging out. I'm like, I need you to come pick me up. And she's like, what? She freaked out. What right. happened? And I was like, nothing. Just my leg, my knee is hurts and I can't. If I finish this ride, it'll take me five hours, you know? So she comes to get me. What's going to happen? You know, I don't know. I went to a doctor. He's like, you have tendonitis in your left knee. And he's like, you can still do this ride, but I would suggest not doing any more training rides, stretch, you know, do do these like different, you know, physical therapy type activities. So I just spent a whole month off my bike worried about how day one on that 545-mile bike right? ride was going to be. Oh, man. So I just didn't ride my bike for a month, and I was just stressed out and nervous, and then I'd get up there, and I talked to the sports medicine people that volunteer on it, you know, if they mm-hmm. go to, like, Princeton and Stanford, like, all these, like, good schools. So I know you're going to be all right. I'm like, these guys are being way too lax about this whole thing. They're like, no, no, you're good, man. I'm like, I have tendonitis. It hurts when I stand on one leg. Like, you're all good. All right, we start the ride. Day one is 75 miles, and it's hurting. Really? Much, yeah. Jeez. And I'm like, I'm fucked. How am I going to do another 500 whatever? I get to lunch, and they're like, all right, uh, so what's the issue? I'm like, this is the, all right. They, so they put this sports medicine tape on mm-hmm. that, like, they barely apply it on you, and they barely kind of, like, move tendons over. And the, the next thing you know, like, it felt, like, a little better. Right. And they're like, ice it, take four Advil every, like, six hours. And then it just kept getting better and just like kind of less. And all I'm doing every day is riding sure, sure. a bike. By day three, it's like nothing ever happened. Wow. It that's, was unbelievable. That black or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. that like Harden had on his, if anybody's a basketball. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, on the shoulder. On the yeah, shoulder. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that exact stuff. So I'm like these guys, whenever you see ath- athletes that mm-hmm. like get injured and they're back on the court like, you know, hours later or the next day, it's because of like the Take. magicians that do sports medicine. Or they just know exactly what to prescribe you. And sometimes it's just tape or ice or mm-hmm. Advil. And then you're like back on the road. And then like I, I finished the ride like without a problem. Awesome. How many days was that? Seven days. Nice. 75 miles a day? Uh, on average. 75. Yeah. Day two was like 109. Day three mm-hmm. was like 70. Day four was like 50. You know, that's it depends great. on the terrain. Do you wake up every morning and it's just like, oh, I got five more fucking days. Like, that's the way I like, you know, like I, I would yeah. look at it like you're just like, man, like doing 75 every day and your body just got to like, by the seventh day, it's got to be pretty broken down your body. By, by day seven, yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty wrecked. But like, you can't think of it in like, as I have 400 more miles, you just go like, how many miles is today? Right. All right. Break, rest stop one is 15 more miles. You just think of it like rest stop by rest stop. Mm-hmm. 30 miles is lunch. 15 more is another restaurant, another, you know, and then get to the end of the day, stretch, eat three dinners. <laughs> the, the running joke was like, have you had second dinner? Right, right. And I'd never done the ride before. I'm like, what's second dinner? It's like, and it's just when you literally sit down and eat two dinners in a row. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. We can do that. We're allowed to do that. It's like a fully supported ride. Like, you just, Oh, sweet. Because you got to raise a minimum of 3K and that money, part of that money goes into... You know, them having the trucks to carry all the tents and your bags down to the... Oh, so you camp out and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, okay. they set up the area, the perimeter. Lost me. Yeah, then you get your, your tent and stuff. And Does anybody attempt it with like a beach cruiser bike? No. That'd be my were, style. They were, <laughs> with a basket uh, in front. I'm like, I'm okay. I, I got Gatorade. I think there was one tandem bike because they make tandem what? road bikes. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, with like... Yeah. So I think there was one of those. There was a dude on it like riding a fixed gear. Like a super hipstered out, like they, with those messenger oh, guys, yeah, right? One know. gear, no back pedaling, no brakes. He's got suspenders on, on and wax on his mustache. Oh yeah, yeah, he had the whole the mustache, <laughs> the whole deal. 
And I remember seeing him one day, and we were on like we were at a rest stop or whatever, and he's just chilling, like leaning up against his bike, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, I'm man. like, dude, hipster. What? Like I am a cigarette smoker. And I'm like, how does it even enter your mind? <laughs> like you know, I'm 45 miles into a bike ride. You know what would be great right now? Sucking down a cigarette. How do you do it, man? I don't know. I stop. Like I used to. I would occasionally smoke. Like I would. When you if drink, I was writing on a show, what? When you drink? No, no, no. Mostly like if when I was staff writing, and you're in the last two weeks, and you got nothing to do, and uh, the guy I used to write with a lot was a smoker, and that's when I would just smoke. Oh yeah. And I'd just be bored. I'm like, give me a cigarette and go downstairs. And then he he just he'd buy the he'd call it the last pack, the last week pack, and just buy a pack of cigarettes and just leave them on the writer's desk. But man, I've got uh, being a, I got caught under the uh, some big waves after just a, a day of smoking. Then <laughs> the next morning, and my lungs couldn't hold the wind. Yeah, like, yeah. Done, man. Done. I, I can I, die. I, I can die. I haven't touched them in I don't know six, seven years or nice. anything. But I just never had a big problem with it. I could just come and go as I please. But biking after, although you know, I used to run a lot when I smoked too. Huh. I gotta start smoking again. You <laughs> should. Sounds like yeah, a lot. Should, sounds like it was really healthy. I'd get you to run more. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so please tell me you've seen the movie Breaking Away. No. Oh, is that the one based on the 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 college kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I keep hearing about it. They're like you gotta see it, dude. It's one of the. It's one of my all time favorite movies. Okay, yeah. All right. You're now, I think, probably the tenth person, and usually around when it gets into the double digits, I'm That's like, I'm gonna see this movie now. So I saw Godfather two. Got to about 13. Thought I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great, man. Good for you. Um, Thank hey, you. That is, I guess, a road story. That is, yeah. A yeah. very and a very green road story. Yes. Very uh, super I have green a biking related on the road doing comedy story. Oh, well, then. You did a tour on your bike? No, no, no. Or I didn't. But I went to, I did a casino gig. You and, and Ari Shafir on the tandem? <laughs> no, wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> he would die mile one. He's oh, yeah. very out of shape. You hear that, Ari? Um, <laughs> So I, I was doing a casino gig in Tahoe. Mm-hmm. and Was it was, the improv? The improv, yeah, at okay. Harvey's. Um, Harris Harvey's Harris or whatever. Casino, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're literally connected by like a tunnel or right. whatever. So I'm like, is it Harris or Harvey's or both? Like there's no information. Um, so I get up there and I'm like, well, there's going to be fucking nothing to do in Lake Tahoe because it's in between seasons. So it's like the limbo period, you know? Sure. Yeah. Winter, awesome fun, skiing, snowboarding, summer, lake, boats. I was there when it was like 40 degrees, raining, gloomy, you know? So I'm like, well, I'm taking my bike up there, man. There's going to be a couple of good days mm-hmm. and I can do some rides because like, there's nothing to do during the day. Right. I don't gamble. I don't drink. I don't do any of that stuff. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to do some outdoor stuff. Don't come on the road with me and Ian. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. All you guys You've do. Just, uh, we, we've been trying to get this week going together just to do those two things together. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, in the old days, my yeah, all my on the road was like, get hammered, get pussy, go to bed. And that was it. But now it's like outdoor activities. So I was like, hey, it's going to be quiet and nice, open road. It's going to be way better than cycling it's in really LA. beautiful up there. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So it was like 36 degrees that morning. It was fucking freezing. So I'm like, but I got to do this ride. It's 72 miles all the way around the lake. And mm-hmm. I got to get up early. It's going to be quiet, empty, no cars. So I get out there. Mile seven, there's like a big climb. It's like a seven-mile climb up this mountain. And I'm going, and I'm two miles in. You're going real slow, and you're climbing up a mountain, like six, seven miles an hour, right? right? Then I look ahead, and I saw what a, probably locals up there call a, a pedestrian. But in my eyes, I was like, that's a fucking giant bear. 
Oh shit! Like that's a huge real life, nice. probably ten thousand pound bear. Like it was wow. huge. So I've never had that happen. Uh, yeah. So I, it's like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. I just sat there and I was like, I don't know what to fucking do right now. This is the biggest scariest bear. And he looked at me like he's crossing the street, like just casually, because it's his territory. He'd do whatever he wants, you know, go slow as he wants. And he stops and then halfway, like, catch, double takes and catches my eye and then, like, slows down a little bit and then gets to the end of the street and then just waits for me. Whoa. And he's just sitting there and I'm still going. And, like, I didn't know at that point what to do. I was like, yeah, yeah. do I, I can turn around? If he starts chasing me, I don't know how fast bear runs, probably, uh, bear, probably fast, you know? Like, 78 miles an hour is from what I read on Wikipedia earlier this mm-hmm. week. I've heard 35. Yeah, it's probably closer to I've that. heard 200. <laughs> yeah, that was... I've I heard, heard Mach 2. I don't know what that is. I heard 200 in my own head as I was sitting there. Because when you're as scared as possible, you think the worst thing. Like, it's 12,000 pounds. It probably has a gun. You know, like all these different, you know. So, That's definitely a throw tat I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's Lebanese. It has a cell phone. It's calling backup. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. I, I can turn around and pussy out, go back downhill, but then that, that's the only road to do this ride. Or I can just try and race past it and see what fucking happens, you know? <laughs> so, and then no joke, first car I've seen in the two hours I've been riding pulls up out of nowhere and parks in between me and the bear. The bear's like about 50, 30, 40 yards up, whatever. Right. Just pulls up in between us, stops. And then the bear kind of like, all right, this is a much more... St- frightening looking wolf than the gay right. one behind it wearing all spandex so so the bear kind of like you know backs off a little kind of goes up the hill just a little bit you know but it's still kind of holding his ground and i'm like i i can get out of here now i can use this opportunity to like go on the other side of the car and just as fast as i can you get a blocker in front exactly of you. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly so here i go boom i'm doing it and then i get to about right next to the car and then I just hear the car put it in drive and just fucking take off. <laughs> and then I froze again. And then it's me directly across the street from this fucking bear. And I'm like, well, now I'm like, I just got I just got to go. I don't know. And I, didn't, I couldn't decide. I'm like, <laughs> do I go up or down? What's this bear going to do? And then like in some, I don't know, it's probably in my head. But like, I feel like the bear looked at me and was just like, I'm giving you a day pass on the mountain. Like you're good. <laughs> Cause he went from like kind of aggressive to like dropped his shoulders and then just turned around and walked off. Like it, either it would be too easy mm-hmm. to kill this guy or I'm not in the mood to kill this guy or it looks like it could be a hate crime or like whatever. <laughs> but he just gave me a day pass on the mountain and fucking let me go. And what I learned from that was that bear uh, more civilized than 100% of the drivers in Los Angeles. That's <laughs> very true. Yeah. Probably a little more polite than the uh, audiences, too, at the, the improv up there. That's I mean, insane. they were like, the crowds were, I mean, old as fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they were polite because they were almost dead. So they had no energy to heckle. <laughs> in case there's something in the afterlife, we want to yeah. be good. We're getting close. Saturday, they got a little rowdy. They were just, wow, we're drunk and we're from Reno or whatever. But then, yeah. They were, they were mostly pretty good. But I remember the MC when he when I told him I was going to do that ride, he was like, uh, "Well, be careful. Like, let me know if I need to find like a, a comic to replace you." And when I was looking eye to eye with that bear, I'm like, 
Do I have to call him and like? Goddamn, you know, Howie Nave. I know he's such a great guy. No, he's I great. love that dude. That dude will hook you up anytime you're up there. Man. I know he runs that town. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's insane. That's the first bear encounter I think we've had on the show, dude. It was so scary because mm-hmm. you're. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not protected by a, a car. Mm-hmm. I've seen a bear in a car when you're dry, uh, but when I, you're right there, it's like, what do I do? I uh, I grew up in the middle of the country of Canada, and I'd run across bears all the time as a kid. They like we go fishing and they'd walk, especially if we were berry picking, because like like they love blackberries, right? So you'd see them all the time, and you just kind of keep your distance. Yeah, you know, I was always told is like this is actually what you're told as a child in Canada. Like they're just like if you see it with cubs, like get the fuck up, get it, yeah, get yeah. away. But like, like other than that, they're mode. yeah. But like my grandma got chased up by a tree when she was picking berries one time. That's like a big thing. Was yeah. She just like yells at him shit. My grandma was crazy too. She was just like hardcore old school German. She'd just like yell at him. She's like, get away, bear. And just like started Whoa. screaming and walking towards it. And it, you, it worked every time except this one that the bear is like, yeah, fuck you, grandma. I'm coming at you and chase yeah. grandma. my grandma to well, the country. So I'm just a huge pussy then. Oh, totally. Because I was like, help. And then you, your grandma's like, get the hell out of here, bear. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> Bring. Wow. Well, they say the difference between a black bear and a grizzly bear is when you run up a tree, a black bear will chase you and a grizzly bear will knock the tree down. Yeah, I have relatives live in Montana. We saw uh, one trip to Yellowstone. We saw a black bear one day, this huge black bear just nuzzling around in the street. And then the next day we saw what I thought was a full grown grizzly bear. But it dawned on us. Oh, that's just a baby grizzly. And it was the size of the black bear. What? Wow, <laughs> grizzlies like, are not common to see, though, right? Uh, they're way up north. This is in Montana. This yeah. is in, uh, oh, so then they're yeah, probably in northern Yellowstone. They run liquor stores up there. Yeah, they. Yeah. Have- <laughs> 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 so it was one of those where, oh, that's a baby. That means the mom's around here. Let's get back in the car and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. like that, man. Yeah, grizzlies can get huge. I've seen like stuff ones like when you like they stuff them ones like live captured ones that when they die and they're like thirteen feet tall when they stand on their hind legs. I don't want to be any part of that, man. <laughs> then they had that guy that did that movie where he's just like, I will oh, befriend them. I'm gonna hang out with the bear. I'm gonna yeah, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Thank God we're connected now. I'm like, no, no, you're not. No, you're dead. You're dead. It's a wild yeah. fucking animal. I remember the moment I realized I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna die. Like while watching mm-hmm. that documentary because you get wrapped up in how crazy and weird he is and it's kind of funny and then you're like. Oh wait a minute! You're gonna at some point die, and then at the end, because I didn't know the ending. Right. I didn't read anything about it, and then it gets sad. Yeah. But it's still a fascinating documentary. They don't Grizzly show Man. a guy getting killed. Right? No. no. You know what they do? This is great, and it's the movie's Grizzly Man, and it's uh, what's his face, Werner Herzog, I think. Yeah, it is. It? Yeah. The, how they, you know, quote unquote, show his death is he was videotaping himself with these bears, him and his girlfriend, and his girlfriend got killed too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man. And or did his girlfriend not get killed? I don't remember. I don't think his girl. Well, no, his girlfriend got killed, and I think he was playing it. And he, but they have the camera, so they have the death on camera. I mean, the camera's knocked over, but the audio. So it's like the Blair Witch Project. (laughs) So they just have they just have Werner Herzog listening to him being mauled to death and killed. But you don't hear it; you just see him listening to it, and then he's you know he's this. I think he's German and he like takes off his headphones and goes to the guy's mother, you do not ever need to listen to this. Wow. <laughs> it's a pretty powerful. Yeah. Well, yeah, what do you think the guy heart. was saying? He's just like, I love you. You don't need to do this. We're family. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. this, is now, this is not how we treat brothers. <laughs> yeah, he killed. said that was like a hard decision. He's like, should I put it in or not? Mm-hmm. He's like, it's just too too gruesome, too, whatever. 
Oh, man. All right, we'll be back with more Bear Talk after this. we got to call it. Thanks for listening to that Geo Bear Talk. Every Saturday morning, a new fresh hot story about bears. Any wild animal encounters? Uh, what do you have down in Florida? Alligators? There's alligators everywhere. I'd like swam with on the road i mean we're trying to get this back into comedy oh back into comedy on the road i used to see like it's funny because like growing up in canada like the deer are humongous and then like i remember driving i thought i saw a dog and it was like a full-grown deer but in florida because they don't have to hibernate they're just like they're tiny they're like it's like a labrador retriever so you hit it huh hit it oh yeah (laughs) of course why not it's it's the world's biggest bullet i love venison no but like well down there i see you see like alligators and shit all the time yeah I did a thing where when I used to do a, the craziest experience I had was I used to do a show called Digital Firestarter where I would do like, just like crazy interviews with bands and celebrities. It was a band Kill Switch Engaged. We got backstage of alligator, like the alligator farm. And I got to like, if, if anybody's been there or seen pictures, they have like this island where it's just full of alligators and crocodiles, which alligators are pretty docile. Crocodiles are nasty as shit. Oh, all right. And I had to go out and stand and do the interview around. And the dude that was with us, the only thing he was armed with was a fucking stick. That was it. Like <laughs> a broomstick. I'm like, <laughs> you see, like I go, I've seen what these things can do. And then I started getting a little cocky. And just off the island was a crocodile. Like it had to have been like 14 feet long. And it hissed and it slapped its tail against the concrete. And I'm like, that's enough for me. I, I, I can't do this anymore. But I got like, wow. I got to go in a one cage with the, with the Cuban crocodiles. They got like long feet. And they can like, they kind of jump and shit. Yeah. And I could like hand White feed them. White fedoras, cigar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My friend came here. Yeah, like the thing with the four pockets. That right, 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 yeah. but I like they I swam over to Florida. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn illegals. But I got to like hand feed them. Yeah, which was kind of cool too. That's crazy. I'd be so nervous doing that. Wow. Well, did you start in LA? Nick, or? I did. Yeah. Oh no shit. Did you, did you move here? Or are you from here? I'm. Fr- I grew up here. Oh no shit. Yeah. A local grown comic. I know. I'm like There's one of like many. six comedians who's from here. I mean, I toyed with the idea of like, should I move to like a smaller market or New York or you know live because I wanted to live somewhere else when I was younger. Obviously, of course. But I was like, I'm going to end up here, and then I can like just live with my parents for a couple extra years, so I can focus on comedy, get a shitty you know day mm-hmm. job or whatever. And all my friends that I'd made around here, like, dude, don't be an idiot, stay here, live at home, save money. I would do it. Is what everyone said. Right. I would do the same thing, and I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And then around 21, I was like. If I don't like get you know a job at the comedy store, something to get like better quality stage time, I'm moving to New York. And then like two weeks later, phone call, hey, come in for for an interview to get hired. And at the comedy store, an interview was like, you come in, and they're like, can you work whenever we need? Yeah, you're hired. Yeah. Like that's it. <laughs> was it Russell who hired you? Who was it? No, Russell had been gone. Oh, okay. But he would come back and moonlight as Mitzi's runner back in the day. Right, He's right. the best. Russell's awesome. Russell's so funny. Um, he hired me. Did he? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it was uh, this manager's not there anymore named Dean. Um, And then Duncan was the talent coordinator at the time. What's it like working the door? Because I always, I noticed they always hire young dudes to work, like young comics, aspiring comics to work the door. Yeah. It almost always seems to be guys early, early 20s working that door. Yeah, early, I mean, or mid to late sometimes. Mid to late. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got there when I was late 20s. Oh, yeah, really? I was all, I was when I got hired there, I was 21 and I was like the youngest by four or five years, six, mm. you know, yeah. Um but it, I mean back then there were no rules. Like there were no rules. We would smoke indoors, mm-hmm. we would yell at customers, we'd tell them <laughs> to go fuck themselves. Like there were no rules. You could do whatever you wanted. It was really liberating. I remember I used to work <laughs> 
Because I like I was you know in my early twenties I was yeah. like figuring out who I was as a person and a mm-hmm. comedian. So it was like it was one of those places where you could just be who you were, like the real you could come out, and no, there was no judgment because there was like you know a sleaze ball of every kind in a weird way. There was like the you know uptight conservative guy, who, but they wouldn't be shunned because they were like, oh, you're religious or you're like a Republican or you're this. So everyone just kind of came together, and whatever you were, you were. But we'd all shit on each other for it, you know? <laughs> um, and no one cared. Like, no one judged anyone. I organized, in a weird way, like, uh, okay, here's the here's what happened. I don't, I'm trying not to make this, like, dirty, but it's, because it's kind of a gross story. So, when you think about <laughs> he, how humans... He ended up fucking the bear. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I remember one night I was working in the cover booth, and there was this guy named Bushman who was like... Always, he won. He beat Norm Macdonald out in Star Search, like way back in the day. Oh, he literally guy, dressed man. like a bushman, like from Africa. That was like his act. Um, <laughs> but then he just like ended up at the comedy store, and he would always just kind of hang out and try and go on. And he's always like giving me shit. And he's like, "No, sign me up for the fallouts," which is like when you go on after the lineups over mm-hmm. if you're like a paid regular. So I'm working the cover booth. It's getting kind of late. I'm kind of bored. I walk into the main room, and that's dark that night. So I go in there, and I see someone come out of the women's restroom. I'm like, what's going on in there? And one of the comics was like, there's some chick just laying in there naked, dude. He's like, yeah, remember that drunk girl that was walking around in the hallway? And she was making out with this comedian like earlier in the night. And I'm like, wait, was it the girl that was making out with, what's his name in the parking lot? He's like, yeah, her. I'm like, she's naked in the women's restroom? And th- that women's restroom is big. There's like a vanity couch. You can sit there and fix your makeup. I got to see this. I walk in there and like I peek my head in the room. She's just naked and laying down, kind of like looking at herself in the mirror with like her hand, her head leaning on one hand. Like she was posing or whatever. So I go and she's like, hi. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And then no joke. Her response was, I guess I'm just sucking dick. Nice. I was like, what? And she goes, come on over here. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I never. I was like, no, I can't. So now, if there was nobody else around, would you have said yes? You're 21. No, because like my my instinctual, my gut reaction was like, oh no. So I walk out. A second guy goes in there. He gets a third guy goes in there. Fourth guy goes in there. He does it. And I think one of the guys had sex with her, but used the condom. He said because he's like, I got a kid. You know, he's like, I, I've learned my lesson. I'm like, at least one guy oh. kind of had his head on straight. You know, so. That was the kind of stuff that used to not always in the sexual nature, but right, like right. a place that was a business. That was a business, open yeah. for business, and that happened there. No employee cared. No manager cared. All the comics thought it was hilarious. It, yeah, yeah. You know, like when you hear '80s stories, it was all like that comics getting paid in cocaine, and mm-hmm. like nobody gave us just anarchy. And I mean, obviously, this wasn't all that long ago. Yeah, it was right? like, uh, two thousand. Two right, four, five, six, four, five, somewhere, six. somewhere in between. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I, I got, I got booted in. Four, I got booted in early two thousands. So. Yeah, boy, Mer, right as you boy. came in. That would the doorman sold coke. He's, oh, the parking lot guy. I think yeah. the old. Yeah, uh, I forget Hispanic his name. dude. Yeah, yeah, he sold. Yeah. He sold coke. Yeah, sold uh, the blow. I made a ton of money working the main room door. Selling really? booths? Sell, selling seats. Yeah. They tried to put an really? end to that for a while. Yeah, you could sell booths to people. About 20 bucks for that, 50 bucks on like special no event shit. nights. Oh, yeah. I worked with Carlin did a week there, and I was walking home with 800 to to $1,000 a night. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because people, it's, it's LA, too. And the manager taught me. 
Yeah. The manager's like the manager would come up at the time he was uh Polly Shore's like assistant slash guy they call him Grease. They call him Grease. I forget his real name. I don't remember. And, uh, he was probably gone when I got Oh there. yeah. And uh he was just he would like come up and he would take, you know, he would just pick his two people that he would walk around the back and he would get his money that way. Wow. That, that place show. I mean that place was I'm glad I was what? there. When I mean, it wasn't obviously the 80s or early 90s, right. but I mean, I was glad I was there when there were no rules because you just got into like the craziest stuff would happen. We had no security. It was just door guys who were comedians. So like a heckler at like the Cleveland Improv or the Columbus Funny Bunch or wherever, they're kicked out immediately. There's security staff. They all got their headpieces. They're, you know, ducking in the aisle. Sir, you yeah, can't yeah. talk. If you say it once, you're gone. That's how most comedy clubs work. The comedy store had no security whatsoever. So if someone's heckling, there would be four comics in a row talking about how the heckler was for them. Right. Because it would they would last that long. No one would kick him out. Employees would be like eating down the street at Carney's. It was, oh, there's a heckler. I'll be back in 20. Like no one cared. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, so a heckler would last forever. They would just go seven, eight comics of just like, boo, fuck you, arguments. And no one would even think like someone should probably throw her out. They're just like, oh, it's a comedy store, you know. So you ended up becoming bulletproof as a result of like that kind of thing. But um any ghosts? You see any ghosts? No, no ghosts. My friend has a theory that the ghost stories died when the coke did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't. I have one ghost. I, I don't believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't not believe in ghosts, but I don't believe in them. You know okay. what I mean? Like, right, they, yeah, could, yeah. they could exist. They could. I don't know. I don't really think about much about it, but I saw something in the belly room that it was just a, a huge figure. The belly room is the upstairs room of the comedy store that mm-hmm. Mitzi put up for women in the 70s it was yeah. for the female comics and now it's just another place to, to do shows yeah and i don't know how to describe I, I won't describe it for the listeners but there's just stairs to the door you come out of the green room you go down the stairs you go out the door and when i was the the runner there for a while it was bob oshak and me we're taking turns yeah. Oshak's um, great. <laughs> yeah oshak's old friend of mine and uh I, you would just show up at like 10 o'clock and there'd be nothing to do. So I would just nap in the belly room and just sleep till my pager went off. <laughs> nice. And uh, I, I got up one day and there's just this shadow came down the stairs, around the corner and out the door. You sure it wasn't a person? It wasn't a person. It was I've a never shadow. seen, I mean, the countless nights I've walked in through that club in the pitch black darkness and I've never seen or heard anything. There's a lot of stories the, that go around about it. Yeah. Yeah. The one time I thought I heard something, it was just like a comic hooking up with a chick. Like, I'm just <laughs> trying to be, like, quiet and, like, not seen by anyone, you know? Ian plays a bunch of places that have no security. Am I correct in Oh, that? yeah. Well, my that's my entire career started like that. Like, I was talking about this with my wife the other day. I'm just like, you know, my wife's a big one of just like, you, you have today. That's what you should think about. Because my issue was, is like what really affected my career was instead of, well, and I also kind of screwed it up too, though, was like mm-hmm. middling for all the improvs because I was in very way too early in my career and started middling for them. And I fucked up with my drinking problem. Oh, yeah. And then I kind of got kicked down. Yeah, I passed out on top of the, uh, on top of the bar in Huntington, West Virginia at the Funny Bone there. Wow. And then in Richmond, I got into it with one of the owners because they screwed me out of pay. I think I, did I ever tell you a story? It was just so. like, they screwed me out of pay by $150. I was just like, I was 25. I thought I was going to be the biggest fucking deal in stand-up. I was in my 20s, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and everything was moving so fast, you know? I was like six months in, and I'm fucking middling for Tommy Davidson. Like, right. everything just That's happened great. too quick. And um, 
uh, my calendar was booked. So they short me 150. Uh, <laughs> I go, I've got a free bar tab. I walk out, the entire staff starts after the show. I'm like, free drinks on me, on my bar tab. I run up a $350 bar tab in minutes. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Instantly get called in. <laughs> Instantly get called in. Now, Luke, Luke, who was the manager where I started in Orlando, had now gone to Richmond. And he's holding the phone like away from his ear, right? Like right. this. And you just hear some dude fucking screaming. And he's like, uh, I'm like, who's that? He goes, This is about you, dude. And he goes, This is Todd, one of the main owners, him and Mitch, right? So he passes me the phone and I'm drunk. I'm just like, What's up, Todd? You know, I'm just like, I'm talking like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, like I'm somebody <laughs> like else. Right? Yeah. Like, what's up, man? And he's just like, I've never heard the F word used so much in my life. And he goes, What, who the fuck do you think you are? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Do you know how many free shows I do in Orlando? And I just start like, like I didn't know there was any code. I was used to like, I ran a business for John Deere. And that's how kind of me and Todd connected because he used to run a John Deere dealership. Uh-huh. So I kind of knew him and uh, in a very, you know, not very well, but. And then we start going back and forth, and he's like, you're fucking done. And then that got me booted. I mean, I lost 17 weeks like that. Wow. And Because uh, wow. I was like, I was doing house MC work and shit. Like every Sunday, if anybody knows Gary Minky, I would fill in for him on Sundays and, and do all that and run all the open mics and mm-hmm. all the contests, all gone. Damn. And that, so then I was just like, well, instead of worrying about getting back into the nice clubs, I'm just going to do the – like in the Southern Circuit, and then it was it was just a matter of just people, you know, like because I'm in a bar, mm-hmm. I'm doing like I'll do a string of one nighters and then a weekend play, which is another bar, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like my Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or my my, my Wednesday, Thursdays in two shitty bars like Dothan, Alabama, in Macon, Georgia. Never and heard then of I'm, either of those places. <laughs> no need. No, you just just raise some money and bike there. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think one well, like some of the, the Almond Brothers are from Macon, and they're uh, yeah. and they're buried there. They're buried in Macon, Georgia. Yeah. And, uh, wow. and then you go, then you go to like, I mean, I have been escorted out of places. Really? I mean, yeah. What, what's like a, a reason to get escorted out? Like, what did you Fights. say or do? Or they just hated? Fights. I just got, I was, I told this like the last time I was here, I was in, I was in Vegas uh, last year. A guy got on stage and put his hands on me and ended up getting into a fight. On yeah, stage? On stage. Yeah. And then that was the end of the show and they canceled the rest of the week. Did you win the fight? Yeah, he's he a young kid. He's like, you I mean, pinned him down. I just, yeah, I just held him by his head. Oh, okay. Like, I just picked him up through the ground, just like held him by his face. On the ground <laughs> by his face. That's while, his, while his mom is trying to pull me off of his him. His fucking mom was there. His whole family was Honey, there. Honey, go get the comedian. Take him out. Take him out. <laughs> Listen to this, Nick. They were there for his aunt's birthday. So the whole family was there. He got mouthy with me. And and then when I'm just like, hey, I need security. Like, well, I got this kid. And the mom's like, I am security. Let him go. <laughs> and it was just, it was a total clusterfuck. Wow. And then, like, the next day, Joe Sanfilippo, who I've known forever mm-hmm. in the business of Bonkers Room, he uh, <laughs> he calls me up. and Or I call him up, and I'm just like, uh, hey, so you know, I got into a fight in the room. You know, kid put his hands on me. He's like, oh, great. I'm having the worst day ever. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, by the way. Like, fuck, you're just going to make it about you right now? You know, he's like, oh, they're just trying to get me out of that room. And then the, the room closed like a month later. But I remember going in Georgia, and it's just like, it was back when I was like really, like just angry as a stand-up. Mm-hmm. And the crowd hated me. Like, they fucking hated me. So mm-hmm. I just stayed up longer. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, 
they had all the bouncers and shit. They call the cops in and they just, they're like, look, dude, you Jeez. don't know the type of people that live here, but you will sit here until the cops come and we will take you to the car. And oh, then wow. I went to like my hotel room and I just like, I just, I slept with like one eye open. I did not get a good sleep at all that Jesus. night. I've got a million, like those stories. Like I always thought, I remember I came to Murray, I told like six stories. Right. And then I texted Murray after I left. I'm like, I missed four stories. <laughs> uh, wow. but it But it did make me like, uh, well, like my act that I do now, I couldn't go back in the South and do. Like I used to do like Birmingham and all that shit. Uh-huh. But then it just like, I, I don't know. It just like, there was a part of me that was proud of the toughness of, of that Southeastern scene. Because like in the Southeast, if you're black or have a cowboy hat, you're golden. Right. When you walk into these cities and you don't talk like them, you don't, you know, and you don't, you know, share opinions like like Alabama. You can't go and talk about rednecks there. They get they get mad, man. But really? when you walk into Tennessee and they're cool with it, you know, mm, like right. Knoxville or something like that, or, or Clarksville, Nashville. Yeah. yeah. So it was just, I had gotten to a point where I'm just like, I have had enough of this, <laughs> and like I can no longer like in your 20s, late 20s. I thought it was kind of fun in a sense, you know, like you have those good war stories. Then it just got to a point of like the fuck am I doing with my life right. here, man? Like, I can't, I can't right. do this anymore. And then started like chipping away at getting back into like the nicer rooms again. And like, now that's all I'll do because like, I just refuse to go back to that scene just because it's so, yeah. mm-hmm. and you put your so time messy. in already. Yeah. Well, I think too, just like, I look back where I just like, it was funny. Cause like when I moved out to LA, I'm like, man, there's not that many guys like me that after like 13 years or 12 years of being on the road steady, just be like, I'm going to LA. It's usually like you do it when you're super, super young right? and you just kind of hop in or you've got four or five years in and you've, you've got your half hour kind of worked out uh-huh. and then you come here, you know, cause I'm finding like I jumped here and like, I'm just like, Oh, I'm like a fucking 40 year old dude. That's <laughs> going to go follow my dream. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's a very, like, I like that, but at the same time, like learning, Learning coming from doing an hour a night all the time, which is what I love. I love being on stage, like long, and then trying to, like, all right, kid, you got four minutes tonight, and I'm like, yeah. I just drove an hour and a half to fucking get here, and yeah. I get to do four minutes, you know, like, the, like the, wait, Chris Rock's coming in, you got two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like the other thing you hear too, right? It's just like I've heard. I had a friend. It's just like, all right, it's uh, Mark Marin. Chris D'Elia than you. And oh, yeah. you're just like, I'm like, I'm not sure how I, I would handle that because like my career is not, is not here. And then like you hear when, when, when you start getting the nice clubs and you have to follow those dudes, I'm just like, you know, especially a guy like D'Elia, that's just like, he's animated, he's mm-hmm. everywhere and yeah. he, he, he hammers, you know, where I think Marin is, is more polarizing. He can split a crowd in half. Mm-hmm. You might like him, you might not, yeah. even though I think he's fucking brilliant, you know, as a comedian, but it's just like that thing of, like when that moment comes of just like, all right, it's Tosh, then you. I'm like, oh fuck, yeah, you know. So like, I think that's like a scam. I mean, you guys had cool. to, you guys had to deal with that, right? I, I mean, plenty. All, I mean, I've, I've, there's not a single comic I can think of that I haven't had to follow at some point. Who is the hardest? Uh, probably Dice. Really? Probably, yeah. Yeah, at the store. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because really? Dice that's has his this, home, man. Yeah, and he has this thing because I'm not, I don't worry about like someone who destroys following that because you can ride the wave for the most yeah for the most part it's like well they're in a great mood and it's like if you just kind of start in that first minute get them going like you can get into it um but dice has this weird thing where he he's such a specific unique 
character and he takes his time getting into a set and you know at the store he'll do 30 40 45 minutes or whatever so you have to you're not just following a guy doing a 15 minute set we're like oh i can get into it you're following a guy doing 45 and you only get 10 or 15 right so he just builds this world around him you know what i mean where he's doing his dice thing and people get locked into that and it's like dirty and super specific and he's a legend so like this all that going on there and then when he's done it's like everyone just like goes back into reality and then when you go up you just seem like another dude telling jokes you know yeah so it just is like and you know i'm sure part of it is in my own head but i've had experiences where i've done a great job following him and then sometimes where they were like dude that's that guy's way too polished and way too specific and you're not and and we're not buying it, you know, because you seem almost like can. Like, hey, so the other day I was, you know, but Dice is up there talking about, I, I can't remember the last, he was at a Starbucks or something bit that somehow turned into a joke about eating pussy. But it's just like, it worked so well and it was angry and dirty and funny and like somehow involved his family and it was all these different things and everyone's just dying laughing. I mean, the guy, you know, he was the biggest comic in the world for a reason. You yeah. know? And the problem with the story is it's, it's tag team. There's no MC, so I bring up Nick. Nick brings up Ian. Ian oh, yeah. brings up Dice. So there's no buffer yeah. between. Oof, so there's nothing to calm the crowd. There's down, nothing, nothing to calm the crowd. There's nobody to switch gears. Yeah. You have to switch. Sure, the gears. you fill out the comment cards. Uh, <laughs> we're giving away two free tickets to come back and see Jeff Garland yeah. next week. And I remember having to follow Dice at the store, and he's he's a show he's a showstopper. He's a show ender. Yeah. Like when he's wow. done, the show's over. You're no basically kidding. started, in my opinion. That's how I always picture because he doesn't enter. He won't bring anybody up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he still now, does that. He, nowadays. He does. Oh, now he does yeah, it. Yeah. But for a while, he wouldn't bring anybody. up. He would end the show, standing ovation, leave, and then the uh, Jeff, the the piano player, would say, "Okay, come to the stage, uh, Nick Youssef, or, or something yeah, yeah. like that." So, that so, is so he would wild. just end it, yeah, and walk off, and then that's like. I, I mean, would that never. Kind of I would never have thought that. I never would have. And thought I don't Dice think it was, was the guy. He was a dick or anything. It was just a. Part of nice. his thing. Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. You never know why he does the things he does. But, yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, that's what's like, that's what the benefit you get out of like, you know, working the, the clubs in the big cities. It's following those dudes. Like, I've never gotten the benefits you've gotten of working those like horrifyingly vicious, rowdy rooms, you know, where you're like, I need to be escorted, <laughs> you know, out of the yeah, building the and stuff. Those uh, rooms are escorts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, I mean, yeah, now living here, you'll have you know the the other side of it. But like, I had to follow Louis, I think a few nights before he taped a special mm-hmm. at the comedy store. So it was all the shit that he was about to put on that special. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sitting in the back Fuck. of the. Ma- it's a sold out main room on a Saturday night. And I'm sitting in the back waiting to go on. And then the sound guy comes in. He's like, hey, Louie's going up. He's doing 20. I'm like, of course he is. <laughs> and, and I've had to, I've followed him five, six, seven. I don't even know how many times. But um, but I'm like, this is probably going to be a harder one. Because he's mm-hmm. at the height of his career. And he's working out rock solid material to tape a fucking special. You know? So I'm like, all right, here we go. So he goes up and just slays the room. Everyone couldn't be more excited to see him. Oh, sure. And then he brings me up, and he's just, you know, oh, this next comic, you know, funny guy, blah, 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 just generic intro, and brings me on. And for some reason, the crowd, no one left. It was like 11.30, and that's usually 11.45. That's around the time people start leaving in waves, because the show starts at 9. They've seen three hours of the best comics in L.A., including the biggest comic in the world. But for some reason that night, they were like, 
still into it. They like cheered extra loud when he introduced my name, but only because they were in a good mood because they were like, we just saw Louis, so let's cheer for whatever he <laughs> says, you know? And I went up and like had a really good set. And I was yeah. like, okay. And I think part of it was like, I've followed these guys so many times. I wasn't like in my head about it, but I've had, dude, I've followed Attell before, Chappelle, all mm-hmm. these guys where when you're younger, you're like, I don't, I don't know how am I going to open? What am I going to say? This, my jokes aren't as good as his. And, you know, and they feel it and you, it affects your timing and rhythm. And I've sure. tanked after, I mean, everybody, Chappelle, Attell, Dice, uh, Chris Rock. I mean, you, you name it. I've gone up and just eaten a pile of shit. <laughs> but then I've also, you know, the, the other side where it just has gone Really, gone well, really and you're like, yeah, I'm a comedian. Yeah, yeah, there you there, go. You know? I feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think Ian and I were talking about this the other day. That like the what, just going up and like looking at the list and seeing Dom Herrera, then me. Right, right. Fuck. <laughs> you know, I know, it's, I know. It's like it was just like you just got to deal with that stuff when it comes in, and you're gonna either eat it. I followed Dom. I had a great set. Yeah. I followed Tosh down in Irvine. My listeners have heard about this a thousand times. He popped mm. in on college night. I was there just to do 10 minutes to tape for late night. Hey, we were right. talking about we're talking this about over a beer right? when we went down to the, to the playhouse. And yeah. uh, the, the, I think it might have been Mark Saratilla now that I think about it. The guy mm-hmm. runs Comedy Juice. He's like, hey, Tosh is going to go up and do a few minutes. And I should have said, hey, Daniel, man, I'm just taping here. Can I just do my 10? I'm sure he would have been fine with it. Yeah. But this is like at the height of Tosh.0, yeah. college night, packed, goes up to 20 minutes destroys yeah. standing ovation Jeez. before they even stop clapping the MC introduces me oh let's see the MC <laughs> what a dick why oh, did he do that I just fucking and then I got mad so I yelled at the audience because they hated me and I'm mad because my fucking tape's ruined yeah. and then you had to drive all the way to Orange County I drove it. all the way yeah. to Orange County and I told him I'm like it's the only time I ever thought to myself God I hope there are no cell phones in this and this doesn't go up on YouTube like that was the only time I thought of that <laughs> yeah and then I go out to my friend John I'm like dude pack up the camera he's like it's in the car <laughs> <laughs> he never even brought it <laughs> he was just like he saw me go just like click 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 yeah. break it down <laughs> break, break it, it down, down put it in the car so funny yeah I've had a lot of either heckler situations or just tank job sets where I'm like I'm so glad this was before everyone had a phone who would be like oh this would be I'm gonna get a lot of hits on my YouTube but there was one that I actually wish was recorded I don't know if I told this last time I was here I don't think I did so I just told my Tosh story for the 400th time oh, the show. <laughs> um, I mean it, <laughs> um, but I was at Again, the comedy store, because this is where the weirdest shit happens. And I'm on stage doing a little crowd work, a little material, and I was setting up this bit about dating or relationships, and I I can't remember honestly what it was, because that's the least relevant part of the story. (laughs) I was saying, blah, 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 and then I go, kind of like you guys, and I just point to a couple, Mm -hmm. and the girl kind of laughs, and the guy just like stares at me, like death stare just kind of like crazy eyes kind of thing and i was like that was weird and then i make one more little comment and then i move on and then four or five minutes later i go back to the couple and i go yeah like uh kind of like this couple and her serial killer boyfriend because i think i made a comment about how crazy he looked earlier and then i look away again because that's the way the room's set up. There's a big midsection and two mm. sides. So you're kind of always, you know, you go back and forth. So I look away again. And then when I look back, 
the dude is like jumping onto the stage. And I've said nothing offensive. Right, didn't right. make fun of his girlfriend. Didn't say just like, oh, you look, you know, your serial killer boyfriend. That was the extent of it, right? I look back and boom, he's right there. He's staring at me with his death eyes. Both fists are clenched. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm not a dude who's like gets into fights and I'm definitely not fighting anyone over comedy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, you know, unless it's, I don't know. I mean, there right. might be one day, whatever. Um, but I was like, this guy is crazy. And I, I step back like two feet because I turned around. He was immediately there. And I was like, whoa. So I get back and he's standing there. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And he kind of gets like closer to me. I'm like, what are you doing on this stage right now? And he goes, uh, he goes, I didn't think you were, I didn't think you were funny. What you're saying isn't funny, man. I'm like, so you jump onto the stage and you want to fucking fight me? And he's like, and then I think at that point he realized, like he, I think just went red. It just saw red. Right. I'm gonna kill this guy. And then looked around and was like, oh, I'm on the stage of a club, yeah. and I'm about to do this. And then he kind of like let his fist go and he just stood there. I'm like. Either you are gonna like leave, or we're gonna talk this out right now. Because I'm like, there's no way to follow what the, I can't just go back to material. Right. So I was like, uh, I was like, are you gonna calm down? You want to talk about this? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, yeah. I go, all right. Have a seat on the stool. And he sits down on the stool, and yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, why did you jump onto the stage? He's like, well, I didn't like what you said about me and my girlfriend, and it wasn't funny. I'm like. Okay, so there's still no reason for you to like jump onto the stage and try and fight me, right? He's like, yeah. Well, I mean, I thought you were funny. I thought you were funny. And I'm like, wait a minute. So now you're jumping onto the stage and wanting to fight me because you thought I was, I was funny. I was like, so what do you do when you think people really suck, right? <laughs> that got a laugh out of the crowd, the first one that broke the tension. Yeah, because yeah. until then, I was like, I was just thinking on my feet like, what do I have to do right now to not blow this room up? Because I was like third on the lineup out of like 13 mm-hmm. full room. And you you can't just, you can be selfish about it, but I wasn't. When right. I was younger, I would have just unloaded on the guy and just ripped the room apart and who gives a shit. But yeah. I was like, I want to turn this into something, you know? So I interviewed the guy for like a minute. Um, how long you guys been dating? You know, you clearly have anger issues. <laughs> and just kind of like playing around with them. And I was like, you know, Part of the reason we're still talking right now is because there's absolutely no way to follow this. Right. So I can't do material. So we're just going to kind of see this out until I don't know what happens at the end. And then no joke at all. What happens is, you know what I forgot to mention is the guy um, threw a drink at me on while he was running up to the stage. Like nice. the contents of one. It sure, wasn't sure. like a, yeah. Um, and I forget that detail because what happens next is still the most amazing thing in the world to me. A figure comes out on the other side of the room through the shadows mm-hmm. and grabs a glass and walks up. And as he's walking up, I look over to the guy sitting down. He now runs and jumps off the stage. And then I look back here and there's the contents of a drink flying at the guy. The guy throwing the drink, Tony Clifton. What? Yeah. Come on. Get out. I swear to God. That's amazing. Yeah. And I was like, what? I, and then it clicked. I was like, oh, yeah, he's doing a show here in four days. And I'm like, what the fuck is he doing here now, A? And B, what is he doing throwing a drink at this guy? And I was like, holy shit. That's 
fucking and th- I'm awesome. sure the younger people were like, I have no idea who this fucking dude wearing right. sunglasses and a leisure suit and is. Leisure shirt, yeah. yeah, but the older people, because you could hear people going like, whoa, holy shit. <laughs> the signs up at the club too, like Tony Clifton's right. performing here in three days. And then everyone's clapping. And then in typical unpredictable Tony Clifton fashion, he takes another drink and throws it on me. Nice. Yeah. And then walks off the stage. And that, I was like, there's no other way to end this set but with what you just saw. Yeah. We were like, that was staged. That was planned. I was like, I couldn't even explain how not staged and planned right. all of that was. People the whole time were like, it's what you're doing with this guy's stage. You wanted to fight you. Now you're talking. You're getting laughs out of it. Tony Clifton shows up out of nowhere. And I was like, I promise you guys it's not staged. And I wish someone had recorded all this because oh, no one's yeah. going to believe this story Fuck, except for the crazy. comedians in the room. Right. As a matter of fact, uh, to my listeners, I'm not even going to explain who Tony Clifton is. If you don't know who Tony Clifton is, don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> that and you have the Googles out there now. Yeah. And also, uh, the, the surprise element wouldn't affaffect you even if you Googled it. You'd be like, huh, oh, Andy Kaufman, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to That's know, amazing, yeah, man. out of the shadows, I right. was just like, holy. I can't but, believe you open with a fucking bear story and you got the Tony Clifton well, story. Well, I wanted to save. <laughs> I wanted to save that one because okay. I was like, hey, I don't know what other stories will pop up but I'm like, you just have that one in the bank. <laughs> um, and then I, uh, I I asked the piano guy who was next and he goes, well, I think we should probably let Tony do a few minutes. <laughs> then I introduced Tony Clifton to the stage. Oh, awesome. And I just like wiped my hands free of the whole thing and I was like, that went so much better. Than I ever thought it could sure. have. Sure. Yeah. And then Tony Clifton sang My Way for 35 minutes. I don't even know what he did. Yeah. I mean, he could have. I, I just had to go outside and like wrap my head around right. all that. It was crazy. What, a, what an awesome I remember Ian awesome Edwards experience. was there. He, was, he witnessed the whole thing because he came up to me and goes, that was, you handle that very classy. <laughs> Instead of just like saying, fuck you to the heckler and all that stuff. But he's, from what I remember, the, the one witness I can actually... If I had to call someone for sure. proof, right, you know? right, yeah, that's amazing. Well, Shit. I think it's a great story to end on. Boom, right there, right there. You got a long bike ride ahead of you, my friend. <laughs> I know. Back up the hill. But the weather's good. What time is it? I think. Yeah, yeah it's still right. early. Yeah. Uh, how you good. ride a bike in this town, man? I always like look at bikers. I just hear stories like people like this is the hit and run capital mm-hmm. of the nation. It's gotten more a little more dangerous since texting and driving because I'll be in like a in a bike lane even, and you'll just like be a car next to me that just slowly <laughs> swerving. Anyway. But I have no problem with punching your car if right. you're doing. I will punch your window. I will punch your fender. Because it's either that or you're going to sandwich me into another car and end my life or make yeah. me crippled. So I will hit your car. I, uh, I, <laughs> I deal with bikers on the PCH all the time, getting changed before I go paddle out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are assholes. <laughs> but then you think yeah. about it, it's like, well, they're going to, you know, they could die. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's I'm really courteous and I'm really like if I'm putting my board on my car my door's open I'll pull my door in for yeah, them yeah, and yeah. stuff like that and a lot of you know thank you or whatever yeah. and stuff like that I had I was in Santa Monica and I was kind of parked in the bike lane and it was my bad and the guy yelled at me and I'm like oh my bad and then he then he turned around and he had the waxed mustache with the big goofy glasses mm-hmm. and shit and I just wanted to get out of my car and chase him down and beat <laughs> his fucking head in is what I, if, it, if he didn't look like that it would have been like hey man I'm sorry and just like I have to do this waiting on somebody. But then he turned around and I saw his face and I'm like, fuck, you have the most punchable face possibly in America right now. Let him go. He was riding to raise money for AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Ian Gatowski, thanks for filling in a last minute. I always, always fun having you on. I appreciate Thank it. You. Nick, good to see you. I, I ran into Nick the uh, step foot for the first time in a comedy store in quite some time and mm-hmm. that place has changed, man. Yeah. For the better. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to sure. start 
maybe start hanging out there. And so, yeah. So, Nick Youssef, where can we find you? Uh, NickYoussef.com for like road gigs and all the links to like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. But Instagram and Twitter is at Nick Youssef, N-I-C-K-Y-O-U-S-S-E-F. Um, and that's about it. Uh, if you live in Lexington, Kentucky, I'm going to be at Comedy Off-Broadway July 17th through 19th. If you live in San Antonio, Texas, I'll be at the LOL Comedy Club. Uh, is July- that Steve Trevino's? No, I don't know who okay. owns it. LOL is a good one because it's also heard. what's the other one is Riverside Comedy Club, River Center, something. Yeah, yeah, River Center. Yeah. So that's July thirty first through August second. Mm-hmm. There's a possible Vegas gig somewhere in July too, but again, NickYouself.com is where I post everything the second I hear about it, and so will you. All right, uh, IanGatowski.com. Uh, funny Ian. Funny Ian. Oh, funny that's right. No, I'm in Sarasota next oh. weekend at McCurdy's, um, Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, you can check me out on downtodtf.com as well. And if anybody out there is struggling with any form of mental illness, as I am bipolar too, you can go to my site, mental-healthhelp.com. I'll do it. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, I, I, mean, I, I told you fucked up. I didn't know you had the site. <laughs> Yo, no, yeah, no, I have a help site and shit, yeah. <laughs> okay. Spent a couple times in the fucking Hooskow, man. But uh, yeah, so I have that to help out, so. All right, cool. Very cool. Um, I'm at MurrayValeriano.com, at MurrayV on Twitter. Uh, like us on the Facebook page. Uh, my album, Rusty Cow, as you know, is available. All right, guys. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Peace. Thank you. Life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, canceled flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law.